All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Season two of the Black Tech Green Money podcast is brought to you by Lexus and the December to Remember sales event. From graduation parades to birthday parties this year, Driveways hosted some new traditions. Here's to celebrating them all. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Afrotech World 2020. Jeff Nelson is co-founder and CTO at Blavity, the parent company of Afrotech and the Internet's biggest destination for black millennials. And in his talk at Afrotech World, he focuses on the idea of building a tech product as a non-technical founder and shares his thoughts on what kinds of tech products are best suited to find success in the marketplace. If you think about the biggest companies, things that we use every day, the, the Ubers of the world, uh, social networks like Instagram, um, companies that we know and use every day. The key thing about the, the sort of tech companies that are emerging and will continue to emerge and be successful are those companies that are simplifying the collaboration between humans and technology. And that's a really, really important distinction. You know, some people have the mistaken belief that the goal of technology is to displace humans, that, you know, things like artificial intelligence and machine learning are there to eliminate jobs and eliminate humans from certain uh, sectors and, and certain things. And that's not really the case. Really, the sweet spot for technology is if you make the lives of people easier, if you allow people to be more productive, if you allow them to be more efficient and you allow them to be happier. The secret to technology is leveraging it to take things that humans aren't really good at doing at scale, right? Um, so if you think about 
you know, some of the tasks that you have to do on a daily basis um, and some of the tools that you may know and use on a daily basis uh, to, to take repetitive tasks and, and make it easier to scale those up or to scale those out. It isn't replacing you and it, it doesn't mean that you don't have to be a part of that equation, but it simply means that you're using technology to make yourself more efficient and more productive. And going forward, that's gonna be even more important, especially as we live in a world where technology is gonna be more paramount. If we're video conferencing more, if we're working remotely, if we're video con you know, video conferencing, uh, instant messaging, doing all those things, having virtual events, technology is gonna be play a big role in that. But as we see, technology isn't the only part of the solution. There's still that human element uh, that we hold near and dear. And so that's gonna be super, super important. So as you're thinking about your vision of the world, think about how the area of technology that you are passionate about or that you're working with is going to make it easier for humans to be productive and more efficient. How do you simplify that interaction between humans and technology? I'm Will Lucas, and this is Black Tech, Green Money. I'm going to introduce you to some of the biggest names, some of the brightest minds, and brilliant ideas. If you're black in building or simply using tech to secure your bag, this podcast is for you. Ruben Harris is co-founder and CEO at Career Karma, in the Bay Area transplant from Atlanta, Georgia, where he worked as an investment banker. He got bit by the tech bug early in his career and wrote a blog post that went viral called Breaking into Startups, which put him on the radar of Silicon Valley elite. Career Karma is an app that helps job training programs, specifically coding boot camps, but also other verticals, find qualified applicants. I asked him why he wrote that blog post, which you can find linked in the show notes, and how likely, at least in part, it opened up his pathway to success. The reason why I wrote that blog post is because I learned about the power of writing through my experience breaking into finance. So when I broke into finance, I first started writing actually in college um, when I took a class on music history and I learned about philosophers and social reformers and how they were great writers like Socrates and Aristotle and things like that. So I had a blog called The Social Reformer that turned into my own blog. And then when I graduated from banking, I mean, from um, from college, um, I didn't have any internships or I didn't have any work experience either because I was just studying the whole time. And so I wrote a blog that explained all the reasons why someone wouldn't hire me as an investment banker, but I declared that I was going to do it anyway. And the reason why I think that was powerful for myself is because it kind of forced me to do it because I told people I was going to do this thing. And if I didn't do it, I was going to be embarrassed. And so that also led to thousands of people reaching out to me after I got a job and me helping a lot of people do it. And so I just did the same playbook that worked for me for finance for tech. And so um, I actually wrote this blog post that I published on LinkedIn a few years ago called, Hey Startups, You Don't Live in Silicon Valley. And mm -hmm. it kind of went crazy on LinkedIn because I was frustrated at the time because all the advice that was coming out about how to raise capital for, from angels and VCs was from people from Silicon Valley, the Paul, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Paul mm -hmm. Ramsey, et cetera, and the Sam Altman's mm -hmm. who you know well. Mm -hmm. And I was finding that that advice didn't work in a place like Georgia or Ohio mm -hmm. or et cetera, right? Mm -hmm. But it worked for Silicon Valley people, mm -hmm. but there was nothing that related 
those experiences, you know, cr- across geographies. And so mm-hmm. how do you keep, you have this amazing podcast, Breaking Into Startups, you're uh, an avid writer and et cetera. You put out a lot of content. How do you keep that information you distribute on your podcast and et cetera, relevant to people who may be not in Silicon Valley? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Afrotech knows this well. Um, just like career common knows as well. I would say keeping fresh content is the key to staying relevant. Every comp, not, a lot of people in tech talk about how every startup, every company is a media company. And I think I, I would take it to another level. Every human being is a media company. Like, in order to be successful in this day and age, you have to take either a, a artist or a, um, even a, a model approach, like a, a, a supermodel has to be their own brand. Um, Kanye tweeted, artists are founders. And somebody else said, founders are artists, right? You have to promote yourself, right? And so um, in a, in a, especially in a COVID-19 world, and if you want to work remotely, writing is a superpower. And writing fast is, is even better. And not just because it gives you clarity of thought, but it can greatly um, increase your 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 economic salary and attract people to you um there's a um um there's a great quote that one of our investors says is that inbound is what happens when outbound is your dna and so mm-hmm. career karma like we 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 produce 600 700 articles a month right so that's company generated content i know afrotech produces a ton of articles a month but then you also have user generated content right you have opinion writers and then in our community since we have over 100,000 users they're all asking questions or getting advice that gets discovered on google and then you also have programmatic landing pages so our engineers create different combinations of landing pages that will pop up in google that are relevant so that career comma stays in its position as the number one destination for career advice on the internet and when they come here and they're looking for advice we can match them to the right training and give them support to get a job. Oh, it's, it's, it's so good you did that. Because, I mean, actually, I was going to go there later in the interview, but <laughs> since we're here now, um, I, I was going to talk about this is because, you know, when I learned the the kind of philosophy that every business should treat themselves like a media company, it was Gary Vaynerchuk said it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's other people who've said it, but I heard mm-hmm. Gary Vaynerchuk mm-hmm. talk about, you know, mm-hmm. every company should, and every startup is for that matter, should mm-hmm. think of themselves as a media company. And you've done a great job at that with the podcast, the written content and news even. Um, mm-hmm. How do you, let's, you're an early stage startup. Mm-hmm. How do you justify um, or how do you even get good at doing so many forms of media when you still have to be good at what your core business is? Um, and you may not, you know, be the best writer or if you are a great mm-hmm. writer you may not be great at podcasting if you're great at podcasting mm-hmm. you may not be great on video mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's a good question i mean so we're a marketplace like on one side there's there's the demand there's workers or there's people that are looking to reskill and upskill and get a new job and then on the other side you have training programs and hiring platforms and companies and even financiers that can help people that are looking for these career transitions and need guidance and so Whenever you think about a marketplace, you want to pick a side, in the, especially in the beginning. And so the side that we chose in the beginning was workers. Because if we do right by workers and students that are looking to make a transition, then all the other platforms are gonna to come to us because recruiters don't own their own supply, right? Schools are always trying to compete to get students, right? 
um, hiring platforms also, they need to get qualified applicants from not just one school, but all the schools. And so if we serve workers, then we're able to get our, everybody else. So you'll see in the beginning, all of the content on YouTube and on our podcast and everything was just catered towards making sure they are informed versus us just talking about all the things that the schools are offering. You don't hear us talk too much about what the schools are offering. It's always like the struggles of the users. Now, um, to your point, you know, there's a lot of formats that you can follow. You can follow video, you can do podcasts, you can do writing. Um, we started off with the podcast, which is breaking into startups, and I think it's important, but we learned quickly that podcasts are helpful in certain ways, but you have to be mindful of how Google's algorithm works, right? And when it comes to podcasting, it's we definitely want to put out our own count, content, but don't sleep on the importance of being on other people's podcasts. Like, for example, I'm on your podcast now. Yeah. And when you publish it and you link to, we link to each other, we support each other, that helps me better in Google, right? And since these podcasts aren't always transcribed, then like that's not going to pop up very quickly. And the reason why you want to pop up very quickly and search is because people with, that are searching for career advice are going to use Google to search and you want to be number one. And so what ranks number one on top of, you know, podcasts or, or programmatic landing pages and reviews is going to be written content, right? Or user generated content. And so um, we doubled down heavy on creating uh, user generated content, which got us to the point where now we have by October, we'll be at over a million people coming to us per month. And so um, in the beginning, we started off with video um, after podcasts, and we still do a little bit of video, but then COVID-19 hit, and now almost all of our content is um, either user-generated content, company-generated content, or um, a programmatic landing pages, which is kind of like what a Pinterest will do, or they'll like aggregate different content, like if you're looking for a wedding, it looks like they made that page, but it was actually an aggregation of what everybody else did together. And um, we will pick up our podcast game stronger more, but I'm spending most of my time doing other people's podcasts, which allows us to grow. But you'll see more of that drop soon. Yeah, and just because I'm interested as a marketer, you know, I think about, um, you know, I wonder what your philosophy is on the written stuff, because, you know, when I think about content, and specifically the types of people that career karma is targeting because you're helping people reskill is these people are consuming content while they're in line at target or while they're in line at the grocery store or while they're cooking and their kids are making noise in the background is, uh, so I, I think about video a lot in that way, mm -hmm. because again, mm -hmm. it takes very low pressure, low, you know, engagement in order for them to be paying attention. They don't have to do a lot. Yeah, right. I think that's a good that's a good point because um, I think you 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 want to finish. No, go ahead. Point. I think you got it. I think you got it. Um, I think um, the written part is more for Google, even though they are recognizing audio and, and video. But whenever you discover written content on Career Karma, you'll also see audio and video inside of those pages for the people that don't have time. So that you kind of like get the best of everything when you go to the page. And so um, to your point 
a lot of people are busy, which is why we created audio and video for people to consume. Um, but most of the written content and programmatic landing pages are designed to optimize for Google. But now that podcasts are blowing up and videos are blowing up, we're monitoring to see what is recognized the most by Google so that we can make sure that those podcasts and those videos rank as well and are discovered by people. Excellent. Excellent. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative. The 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth... Let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Um, before I get too, uh, too much further, and people will have read your bio and I already introduced you, talk a little bit more about what Career Karma actually does and who yeah. for. Yeah. yeah, so Career Karma is the easiest way to find a job training program online. So we, our, our core user is uh, we serve blue collar workers between the ages of 25 and 35 years old. Doesn't matter what age you are, but just that's the core user, 25 to 35 years old that want to look 
want to get a job in tech. And we help them choose from six different career paths that are technical and non-technical. So if you want to break into tech, we can help you become a salesperson, an engineer, a designer, a data scientist, a data analyst, or in cybersecurity. And the average salary that we help you make is about seventy to $100,000. And that will usually take you between three to 12 months in order to get a job. I think what's unique about our platform is not only are we the easiest place to find the right job training for you, but we'll also match you with the people that have your shared struggle in a small group called a squad that will give you support during the program, during the job search for the rest of your life, all the way through a job. So you get access to not just the right job training programs, but you get a, a, a access to a network. We have over 120,000 users inside of Career Common now. Last year it was 10,000, so we're growing very fast. And so these users are people that can uh, that are currently intending these programs that can that you can always message to help you find a school, finish the school, and get a job. So I think that's super important. So you, you're getting access to a network, and that's important because we are in a world where um, people are changing careers five or more times in their lifetime. The average tenor in a job is one to two years. So anytime you want to switch jobs or, or get a new skill, you can always come to Career Karma. We can match you to the right training. Currently, uh, we offer six career paths, but we're going, to offer, we're going to launch 25 new career paths in the next 24 months. So stay tuned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when it was just just coding. And so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that in, in a bit. Well, I think about... Um, this pandemic, COVID-19 has left a lot of people without work. Um, and, and many probably, I don't want to say more, but in many cases, less desirable work realities, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And for the people you target as career karma users or people who will benefit from the programs, what's typically the makeup of those people who might find it interesting? Yeah. So I'll say, you know, most of the people... If you look at the frontline workers that are fighting hard and the essential workers that are, that are like the heroes in this pandemic, um, a lot of them also are, are suffering too. You know, you see a lot of retail workers um, that are giving us food that are that are affected from from uh, restaurant closures. You see a lot of um, nurses that come to Career Karma. You see a lot of um, you see a lot of teachers that come to Career Karma because schools are shutting down as well. You see a lot of um, people that. Most of the time they went to community college or got their associates or um, got some college and no degree or never finished college, never tried to do college um, that come to career coma. That doesn't mean that we don't have like white collar people that went to Ivy League schools that come to career coma as well. But the core is people that have gone to college or had some schooling that are an adult that are looking to make a career transition in their life. I'll say that's, that's the core user that comes to career coma. When it comes to their struggles, that a lot of people don't realize is that yes, matching you to the right training is one thing, but many people that come to us have bad credit. You know, mm-hmm. how do you navigate that? A lot of people don't understand how to navigate that. We can help you navigate that. A lot of people come to us and their child stepped on their laptop. How do you navigate that? So we can help you get access to a laptop because we're giving away 5,000 laptops right now. And we're currently running this campaign called Reskill America, the great rehiring initiative. And we have cool people like Colin Kaepernick and Square and GitHub and Affirm and Airtable and all these other people that have donated um, in our campaign to raise about half a million dollars to get you all devices. So we'll give you that for free if you're serious about this. Like it's super important to, obviously there's conditions, but like we want to make sure that you have all the support that you need in order to get a job. So I would just say um, 
it's it, the the core users that blue collar worker between the the needs of 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 25 to 35 years old that's looking to, to get a skill and i think it's important to have empathy with what's happening right you know job retraining is this huge massive growing trend and everybody's getting in the game and and this is why you know, there's there's over 55 million people that have filed americans that filed for unemployment um this year alone and 54 percent of the workforce requires reskilling by 2022 all right also you know how are you going to pick which job training program you're going to do? There's 9,000 bootcamp and trade schools out there. 16 million people go there every year. There's over 5,000 different colleges out there. 20 million people go to college every year. And then you have college uh, uh, employers launching their own bootcamps. You have, you know, uh, their own credentials and things like that with Google launching their own credentials. So how do you pick what's going to be best for you? And so we help people navigate that sea of options. Um, through our software, but also by connecting them with people that are currently doing it and that have done it before. This may be, you know, a minefield for you, but I wonder how you think the educational system has to adapt the traditional education system, colleges, universities, and et cetera, um, forced or otherwise have to adapt because of the COVID-19 pandemic and preparing people for actually being able to get out there and find a job versus you know, yeah. people graduating with, say, communication degrees and don't really have and not, not, not to, you know, down that, but you have to actually have a skill. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, so. The reason why we chose to start with coding boot camps is because we felt that boot camps are the first rapid reskilling model at scale that helps blue collar workers enter high paying career fields. Right. And now that boot camps have set the example, traditional education players are not following their lead. For example, you know, boot camps prove that flexible financing options like income share agreements or deferred tuition work. And for the people that don't know what an income share agreement is, an income share agreement is a promise to get you a job. And if you don't get a job, you don't pay anything. But if you do get a job, then the tuition comes out of your new salary. And there's variations on the model called deferred tuition and things like that. So now that that has worked consistently, now you have uh, welding schools and diesel training centers that are offering this as well. And now that traditional education players are, are copying them, this model is expanding into other industries. Colleges and universities themselves now have their own boot camps. And so as you, I think what's gonna happen now is all these traditional industries that have a shortage of workers need to understand what the needs of the employers are and match it with the right training so that you cannot just get people the job but get people the job quickly because this the wrong decision has a high cost of failure yeah right people are investing time and money into this right three to 24 months of your time ten to fifty thousand dollars of your money whatever program that you go through and if you choose wrong, then that could cause financial ruin for your family for generations to come. When it, your question was about education players, I think education players have to understand the needs of the worker and understand this high cost of failure, ideally provide accessible financing, um, maybe even the employer paying for it themselves, right? Um, which is even better than the income share agreement. Um, maybe the government even figuring out how to give workers some kind of reskilling stipend, which would be cool if that happens. But in general, education players need to do things faster and make sure that they're relevant with what employers want. Um, and honestly, I think what will be radical is like some type of a, a 
not keeping the Department of Labor and the Department of Education separate, just like put them together. For people who are not super technical, um, but have a maybe maybe don't have a desire to be an engineer, but they want to be in this industry that is obviously the, the future, and it is today also even. Talk about what Career Karma offers those people who have no interest in sitting in front of a computer writing code every day. Yeah. I would say the fastest way to get in outside of coding is sales. And the reason why I say sales is because, you know, YC talks about this too. In the beginning, in the early days of startup, you want to be writing code and talking to users. The people that talk to users are the CEO, the sales guys, right? The people that, the distribution guys, the customer support, customer success guys. Sales is the highest paid job in the world. It is. Right? It is. Like, I have a friend who's a account executive last year. He made $400,000. But the reason why it pays so much is not just because it's like a walk in the park. It's hard. Most of the time, they they say like closing an enterprise sales deal is like passing a bill in Congress. Right? (laughs) It's not not easy. Yeah. Sales cycles be long. Yeah. Sales cycles be long. And and it's not easy to, it's very easy to have that first meeting. Yeah, it's yeah. not easy to do the follow up. It's not easy to like make sure you're on it for understanding everybody's pain with multiple people in your pipeline, and you got to recognize that most of the things that you're gonna do are gonna fail, right? And but what's nice about sales is you can get a job faster than coding. Mm-hmm. It pays well. Um, you can you can make the same amount of money that engineers make, and there's no cap to your upside. That's right. That's right. Obviously, you have to choose a company that has no cap, which most companies, that's standard. Like, you're going to have no cap. They're going to have a quota for you, which is a goal for you to hit. And usually, that's going to get you in the six-figure range if you hit it. And then anything else that you close is upside. So you are in control of your own destiny, which is also very good experience for running a company. The other thing that's good experience for running a company is when things are going well, they're going to acknowledge you. When things aren't going well, they're going to holler at you. <laughs> they're going to be mad at you. <laughs> you know? And you got to be comfortable with that and recognize that, like, even if it's not directly your fault, leaders take more, in my opinion, I think it's better to take more of your share of the blame and less of the credit, yeah, even when yeah. things are going well. Yeah. Right. So whenever you're going through this process, just always like recognize that like in order to keep the party going, you want to keep going in and acknowledge all the people around you that helped you get there. Like if I'm a sales and I'm doing well, marketing helped me. Right. That's right. The, the research team helped me get insight. You know, like, like all the engineers helped me understand, like when I told them what the problem was, they built the feature to make sure that this person was happy. So you got to always spread love to everybody else. You know, also the reason why this is important is because of 48 laws of power. Um, you know, f- number one of 48 laws of power is never outshine the master. Yes, right. If you start getting too good, especially in a dog eat dog team, you know, they want to cut your head off. So you always want to kind of like downplay yourself a little bit, play the game. So I would say for the people that are listening that are non-technical, I would, I would explore, um, sales. Um, and another close runner-up is is um, marketing, but marketing is starting to become more technical these days. Um, but it's great because, you know, what we talked about earlier with SEO is that um, and and mark and content is that 
most startups don't understand how to do SEO properly. That's why 40 cents of every dollar, VC dollar goes to Facebook and Google, right? And it's hard to create content consistently, especially written content, but also video and audio. I'll throw HR in there too. We need more black people in HR. Yep, that, that's yep. how more of us get in the door to these companies. That's right. Season two of the Black Tech Green Money podcast is brought to you by Lexus. Known for celebrating driveway moments for over 30 years, Lexus invites you to create more with exclusive offers on the most popular Lexus models at the December to Remember sales event. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be to be. According to Myers-Briggs, I'm an INTP. And if you like me, many jobs in tech will be a great fit per a study done by Career Karma. For instance, as an aerospace engineer, you can make around $80,000 annually. An electrician could pull in 50K. I asked Ruben about the opportunity in tech and why too many people are apprehensive to get started in the industry. Ruben Harris speaks on it. Um, lack of confidence, lack of belief in themselves. Um, like imposter syndrome is a very big deal mm. for a lot of people. So, but if you don't know what imposter syndrome is, it's um, 
is when you are fully qualified to do something, but you've convinced yourself that you're not enough and that you don't belong. Uh, yeah. Um, and so, you know, you might be like, wow, there's no women in tech or no black people in tech. So, you know, who am I to do this? Right. When you don't realize that whatever you feel is weird or unique about you is probably your superpower and what you want to double down on. And I think that we don't realize our power, like our store, like, you know, the fact that we didn't grow up with the silver spoon or that we didn't grow up in certain things is, is, is the key part of your story that you really want to preach and you want to tell and you want to, and you want to hone in on. And I think that, um, the reason why a lot of people don't, don't take that first step is not just because of lack of confidence, um, but also in imposter syndrome, but also because of, oh, sorry for the background noise, but also because of um, lack of familiarity with the skills that are required mm. and what it takes in order to pass the admissions process, to survive the program and go through the job search, right? I think that's part of the reason why we created Career Commerce to be this wraparound support system that educates you on what's going on, right? Automation is going to create and destroy jobs forever. And that's not a bad thing. That's just how it works, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but you need to always, and, and most of the time when we're looking for career advice, we're going to talk to our friends and family, but they're probably not going to have the most up-to-date information about required skills and the career path. And since we don't have a lot of friends and family that are in these roles, that's another reason why we don't go in that direction. And that's another reason why we created career commerce so that you can have other people that look like you and why Afrotech has Afrotech world so that you can see other people that look like you that are doing this so that you know that you're not alone. You know, the post-secondary education system, speaking about changes with colleges, they train you for your first job and then leave you alone to navigate 40, 40 years of your life by yourself. Yeah. All right. Loneliness is a big deal now. Suicide is a very big deal now because of unemployment, depression, anxiety. And um, people are seeking community even more today. You know, yeah. speaking of Afrotech world, there's a very viral thing going on on Twitter right now saying, I grew up here. It's a yeah. picture of video games that people played. And that's where their community was. It was an escape. You know, this thing called Second Life. Right? Yeah, yeah. But what's beautiful about tech today is that it's bridging the online and the offline worlds and making it fluid. Right? People say uh, remote work is going to be there forever. And in my opinion, yes, remote work will be an option forever, but there's going to be some people that prefer in person, some people that prefer a hybrid to go online or offline. That's where we're going to. So um, the short answer is imposter syndrome. Second is lack of familiarity. And third, there are struggles that people deal with as blue collar workers that most organizations don't understand, like what I said with credit and devices and things like that, housing and things like that. And so we'll help you figure that out if you need it. You mentioned, you, you know, your target demographic, I believe you said 25 to 35. And, mm -hmm. um, and I know that's a target. That doesn't mean you don't accept people younger than 25 or people older than mm -hmm. 35. Specifically for the people who are older than 35, let's say, you know, 37, 40, whatever years mm -hmm. old, Mm -hmm. For those who you've found in, you know, I'm asking you about specific cases, but you can be general. What is typical about those on the higher end of your users that have found success? What's you, what's typical about those cases? Yeah. The people, so we have several people that are in their fifties and sixties that have gotten jobs through career come as well. The, the way that they get jobs is through communication. 
and through leveraging the life experience that they have in other spaces. Right? There's a really good movie that I watched recently called, um, what's it called? The Intern. I don't know if you mm, yeah, I saw. I it's saw with, yeah. with, with Robert De Niro yeah, and, and Anne Hathaway. I enjoyed it's an amazing it. movie. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Because for the people that don't know, it's about a, a, a senior internship program, and essentially, it's for people in their sixties that are that are going to get an internship at a growing tech company run by a woman that's played by Anne Hathaway, it's an e-commerce company. It's a really dope movie because this dude was a very successful salesperson at a company that happens to be the same building where she works in. Yeah. And I'm not going to tell the whole movie. Yeah. But the point is, is that um, whoever is older than 35 or has life experience in some place or work experience in some place. So whenever you are thinking about making a career transition as an engineer or designer or data scientist or whatever, focus on building projects related to domain that you know. Right. So, for example, you got a piano in the background, right? Yeah, yeah. Like let's say, let's say, let's say that you are a musician. Right. right. I'm a musician. Yeah. So I like that. Uh, yeah. And so, like, if you are building projects related to music, and you have a history, like you've been playing, let's say you're a jazz musician for for 30 years before you decided to break into tech. When you get to the job search and you're applying to companies like Spotify or SoundCloud or Tidal or whatever, you're not a junior developer. You are a seasoned professional musician that happens to know how to code right right and so you have to be able to communicate that story because at the end of the day you are in an advantage because if you're applying for a company that's hot everybody's going to have the coding skills everybody's going to have the sales skills like there's going to be nothing that makes like your sales and code let's pretend like that that will and i got the same skills in 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 coding or sales yeah yeah what's going to make you hire him over me right it's just he's a he's a better fit personality wise life wise experience wise and you might be like well i never worked in corporate before great what's your struggle that you've been through bring Mm. that to the table and apply to companies that are focused on solving problems related to that struggle right you might have been yeah i mean i could go into many different examples of this but the point is is that it comes down to communication, whether you are senior or junior or mid-level. Like communication, at the end of the day, is what's going to get you the job and your portfolio that you build. Yeah, I just great segue. I found this quote uh, that you um, previously stated, and, and I want you to expound on this. You said it's easy to think that the way you're doing, you're going to rise, is through your skills technically, but the way that you rise is actually through your non-technical skills and understanding mm-hmm. how to communicate and be creative mm-hmm. and manage your perception, which is also your story. I want you mm-hmm. to go deeper on that whole thing. Cause you just started there. I, I'm, I'm pushing yep. you to go further. I love it. I love it. I love that you bring this up. So in addition to communication, you have to realize that building company is, is, is a team sport. And using the music analogy, it's like playing in a band, right? When you're playing in a band or you're doing chamber music, you can't always play loud. You have to figure out how to play in a way that blends well with everybody else, right? You got to know when to rest. You got to know when to fall back. You got to know when to lean in. You got to know when to just, this is not your, this is not your turn. Like maybe sit on the bench, you know? ask the right questions, watch the plays. Like, so I, I, I think that um, something that people don't understand is people aren't just looking for hires that they like. They want to understand how you work with others, 
how you work with others. That's why things like pair programming are very important. Um, if you're in sales, like how do talk you talk about what that is for people who don't know? Pair, pair programming. programming. Yeah. Pair programming. Pair programming is when um, if you're a developer, you're going to be coding with somebody else in order to get something done. It's like somebody being in the driver's seat and you're in the passenger seat and somebody like you're doing the steering wheel. Somebody else is like pushing the pedal. It's kind of like, yeah. it's like Batman and Robin. Like, yeah. so it's, it's a way to get things done. And there's a lot of, lot of other things that developers do on a team. Um, I'm not an engineer. I'm in sales. So I'll use a sales analogy, which yeah, is similar, right? And sales, you have sales development representatives then you have account executives. Sales development representatives are going to take all the leads that marketing is giving you, or they're going to hunt their own leads that are coming to get those sponsorships from Air Force Head. They're going to qualify them to see if their budget is big enough. And if they are, then they're going to pass them on to the account executive, like an alley-oop, and then the account executive is supposed to slam dunk it. Yeah, yeah. So this team collaboration is really important. And... When you think about these non-technical skills, it's not just communication, team dynamic, it's, it's time management, right? So the time management that it took you to figure out how to manage your own schedule is important, but how do you coordinate schedules for people all over the world in a remote COVID-19 world? You got to understand time zones, you got to understand calendar invites, you got to understand things like that. Um, how do you speak emoji and GIF, <laughs> yes. right? It's different level of communication. You know, right. it's not just verbal. It's not just video. It's like, how do you talk slang written wise so you understand I'm down for the culture? That's right. That's right. How do you do it? You know, it's a different it's a different level of thing. And so that takes practice. Um, I think um, understanding when to delegate is probably one of the biggest challenges. Like if you're someone that's used to doing things yourself and getting everything done, understanding when to if you want to be a leader, give it to somebody else to do it because you can actually be more effective by passing it on to multiple people and versus you doing it yourself. Right? Yeah. That's something that has been a big challenge for me in the beginning. Like It took me a long time in addition to communication to be like, all right, you handle this. You handle this because I want to make sure that it gets done right. You know, like, I think all of those things are, are important. Um, outside of that, I would say make sure you get an outside perspective on yourself. So when we talk about mm. perception, right? Mm. Um, you can be perfect at doing everything that you feel you need to do to make your own brand. But what you may not realize is the way that you think that you're being perceived is not how you're actually being yeah, perceived. Yeah, yeah. Right? So you always want to ask people how they feel that you're doing. Right? Or, or like if it's your manager or your colleagues, like, or your roommates or whatever, like, how do you feel things like, like how's your week been? Like, yeah. just have a reflection time. That's why I like Sunday. Sunday, success on Monday starts on Sunday. So like, right. reflect on your week. Talk to your girl. Talk to your, your people. Just be like, am I being, like, how you, like, you may not even know. They might have pent up frustration, yeah. you know? And so yeah. you got to understand how to get better. And based off of that feedback, you need to be open to the feedback because they might tell you something that hurts or that you didn't intend, and if you don't respond to it, then you're not going to be able to do better, right? Mm -hmm. And so that is all relevant to your work, also relevant to your company and your brand. 
So make sure you're constantly checking, asking for feedback, understanding your perception, working on your perception, working on your brand. Um, but yeah, and there's a lot of other things. That's, I would say those are the big ones. It's, it's fantastic. It's, it's, really, it's really good. Um, segueing just a little bit because I, and you've talked about this before, like your first application of Y Combinator wasn't successful. Um, and almost every startup founder has been through that, you know, heartache mm-hmm. when you got, when you get that email. Mm-hmm. Right. And this, um, why, why C has been, it's regaled like, like, you know, creme de la creme of boot camps accelerators, right. For startups. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people who will be watching this or listening to this, uh, will be thinking about applying, uh, will have been denied and upset about that or will be interested after this conversation. Right. And so, mm-hmm. um, you guys didn't get in the first time you applied but what did you learn about that experience that helped you get in in the 19 cohort um, that may help other people? What, like, what was the difference between that first application and that second that or maybe the second or third? I'm not sure which one it was, but I know you applied before, didn't get in, but you did get in in, in 19. What was different? It was definitely it was the second application that we got in. So I think the reason we didn't get in the first time was first because we didn't communicate well. I think that's important. Um, in the beginning of the seed stage, it's very important to talk about what you're doing today um, versus like your 2030 vision. Um, and we talked about the 2030 vision. And even when we talked about the 2030 vision, it was like all over the place. Yeah, yeah. And we talked about a bunch of stuff, just like it's, it sounds scatterbrained. Like when you talk to people, it has to be a clarity of thought. Like what do you do? It should be very easy to say. We're the easiest way to find a job training program online. Like, yeah. I think I think in the beginning, like our thing was like, I don't know, um, the like the largest social network for blue collar workers to get a job or something like that. Yeah. Like which sounds like marketing wise, it could sound kind of, okay, I get it. Like large social network for blue collar workers to get a job. But it doesn't clearly say what you do. what I do. That's right. You know? It's big, but it's like, okay, so how do you do that? Like, how do you create a social network? Things like that. So I think that's important. I think the other thing that we did is we didn't wait. So as soon as, as soon as we got rejected, um, I got the feedback from the, the Y Combinator people. We took the rejection letter, we printed it out, we framed it, we put it on our wall and we raised a small seed round, which was the bare minimum amount that we needed in order to live which was about 150,000 for three people to live on. Yeah. We ended up raising a little over 300,000 in a couple of weeks. Um, and what we did was we made sure that we followed up on what we said we were going to do. Right. So we launched, we executed, we built, we generated revenue and then applied again. But when we applied again, this time we spent a lot of time talking to other YC founders about the interview and got a lot of practice for the YC interview because the mm-hmm. interview is only 10 minutes and in the interview they they're going to interview interrupt you the whole time and the first time they um they interrupted us a lot but i let them carry the conversation mm-hmm. but this time when they interrupted me i would acknowledge their point and then bring it back to my main three points okay so anytime somebody would say something that would try to send me on a tangent i would say um no, that's a great point, and I could see how you came to that conclusion. But the way that I actually think about it is, boom. The way that we think about it is like, boom. So you always want to bring it back to your points. 
because they want to see how you align. They also want to see how you work with your co-founders. So we also like made sure that the banter was right between all of us and that we were all aligned, that we all had the same answer for the same type of things. So it looks like, so it's, it's clear that we are aligned. So practice, launch, execute, communicate. Um, yeah, practice, find other people, find other peers that can help you. And if you, if you want, if you feel like you're ready, send me an email and I'm happy to give you my interview. And his email's right on his LinkedIn too, by the way. So very open. Yeah. Season two of the Black Tech Green Money podcast is brought to you by Lexus, who's been celebrating driveway moments for over 30 years with the Lexus December to Remember sales event, where you can find exclusive offers on the most popular Lexus models. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. I remember Paul Judge, who I love, I, you know, he's the Michael Jordan poster on my wall of, of, of black startup guys or black technologists. Um, and I remember him saying something in a talk that he gave several years ago. And he said, you can't get great talent to come and help you build a small idea because great talent mm. wants to work on big ideas. I like that quote. I loved I loved it. Changed, you know, changed I the way like I thought about quote. stuff. And it's, in the early days of Career Karma, because I've, I've heard you talk about, you know, the mission, you know, we're going to help a billion people in 10 years, you know, but again, to your YC things like, OK, but how? Right. And so how did you get those early people who believe in your vision, who aren't the co-founders? to come along and say, you know what? I believe in, you know, Arturo and, and Ruben and Tim. Like, how do you, how do you get them early? That's a great question. Um, and I love that quote. I would say it goes back to our earlier thing that we were talking about with personal brand. I think the fact that we have a podcast that has powerful people on it for, that are venture capitalists and and founders and CEOs that have done big things and have billion dollar like success, I think helps us um, attract the right talent. In addition to our writing and stuff like that, I would also say what I learned in um, in Atlanta, um, throwing parties and showing that I like I'm tied to celebrities, and I know it sounds kind of like. Corny. Yeah, it works. But like works, having yes. access to celebrities. Like Afrotech knows this, right? Yes, having yes. access to celebrities in addition to the top VCs and the top founders helps. Because like, dang, like these are these like larger than life characters. How are they like on a friend basis with these people? Right? And so I think I think that's important. I also think um doubling down on your unique qualities about you helps a lot. Um a lot of um a lot, there's not a lot of black cellists that play the, a lot of black people that play the cello and I've been playing the cello for almost 30 years. And so a lot of times when people talk about team, they'll, they'll pump their chest about what school that they went to. They'll pump themselves about how they went to banking. They worked at these cool companies. But then when you look at the things that are outside of professional credentials, like they might be like, all right, I was an Olympic athlete or I was a chess grandmaster and like all these things, or I played golf tennis like those are all like great things skiing snowboarding snowmobiling those are all great things but it's not like super different right so like if you are a um i don't know 
a lion tamer on the side, like or something. Just something. Just, it's like it's something that's like. Oh, now you pull like, that one out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> it's like something that's different. It's just like it has to stand out to be yeah. like not not just like not just um, something that shows that you work hard, but just like that you you do think big and you can face danger and you can like be calm in that situation you can be controlled in that situation in the face you can you can have courage and and i think that like my, my middle name is lion of god so i guess and i okay. have a big line okay. on my wall so that's what okay. i thought about that okay it's a little connection i'm like that was wild to come out of <laughs> okay. so and, and i also i also saw this like um crazy clip on twitter of this like alligator eating this like tortoise okay so, like it like jumped out and it was like running away but anyway like the, <laughs> the point is this is like you have to have these like check boxes that get people to feel like you are someone that they can follow into the promise land. And I think yeah, for yeah. for us, we've always made big claims about what we're gonna do and we did it. Like going back to that original blog post, I told people I was gonna be an investment banker even though I had a 2.9 GPA and I went to a school that nobody's ever heard of that had no interest in work experience and people told me it was impossible, but I did it. I told people I was going to work in tech and move to the West Coast. I did it. I told people I was going to get into Y Combinator. I didn't get in the first time. I told some of my peer mentors that I didn't get in. They told me their stories about how they didn't get in. And to forget about it, I did it again. We got in. Boom. The people that I thought were going to give me our seed round money, they didn't. Did it hurt me? Did tears come out? Yes. I had to like scrap to get like 47 plus people to get our 1.5. We got it. Right? Shout out to God. Like it was, it was amazing. Now, next phase, same type of thing. So you just gotta like, you have to, you have to consistently have wins historically, or like claim that you're gonna do something, or proclaim that you're gonna do something, and be able to prove that you're gonna do it. And people, people will see that and get behind it. They'll say something special about Will, something special about this person, you know. And finally, um, I read this quote, another quote from you, which I love. Um, I'll tell you what I thought about when I read the quote first and then I'll read you the quote is when I, when I read this quote, I thought about people who may not necessarily be dissatisfied with their current job, maybe comfortable, um, in et cetera. And, and I'm maybe not thinking about the future that it may be disrupted. And the quote was, if you feel comfortable, that's your body telling you that you're ready to push harder. You're not growing challenges, give you growth and growth is life. And I want you to just close this conversation on what about those people who may be quite comfortable in, in mm-hmm. living the life that they live right now and perhaps see the change coming, perhaps don't more than likely see that, you know, a change is coming. We didn't see COVID happening. Mm-hmm. Right. And so mm-hmm. people who were making great money designed for the future and like all indicators, they were doing all right. And then COVID happened and changed everything right um w- talk to me about comfort and its relationship to growth yeah yeah i, I retweeted something this morning that i real I-, I saw something that said um it's okay not to know what you want in your career at any age the pressure to be certain is a capitalist construct to fuel your productivity which can be exploited but productivity is not the goal becoming the fullest version of yourself and enjoying a life well lived is so i agree with what you're saying about like choosing like being fully comfortable doing what you're currently doing right now if you do that you're winning like, i'm proud of you you should double down on that so let's focus on that 
But even if you are doing what you love, I do feel like if you aren't pushing yourself in that space, you're not fully living. And what I mean by that, like, what I mean by that is if you've you've identified what you love and that you feel like you were put on this earth to do, I'm, I'm, I believe in God. So, like, there's this verse that talks about burying your talent, burying your talent. Like, we shouldn't bury our talent, right? We might die tomorrow, right? You working hard and doing what you love and putting that out is not for you. It's for legacy. And your legacy might not be directed to your family, right? It might, it might be the spark for somebody else, right? And similar to working out, right, you can have a perfect body right now. So let's, let's use the analogy of like you chose your job, you have the perfect body right now. But if you're not at least maintaining your workout routine, you can slip, right? Even if you, even if you have all the resources that you need. So you got to still do some level of exercise, some level of challenge, some level of like pushing yourself in some kind of way. It doesn't always have to be a workout or a meal prep type of thing. It might be. Now you're going to get into yoga or meditation or something like that. But something that's like pushing you because it's like a it's like a car that never that you never turn on. Like sometimes it could be a perfectly good car. It just won't start. Yeah, that's right. right? Yeah. You have to use it. And I and I and I feel like especially with people from underestimated backgrounds, it's super important for not just one person to win, but for all of us to win. So if you are fully comfortable in your own life and you don't want to push yourself into your job, help somebody else get to where you are, right? Apply some of your time towards that. I'm not saying work 100% of the time, but like we got to get rid of the crap in the book mentality. We got to put our, 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 do what we were put on this earth to do and figure out how we can support each other. So I would just say it's, 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 it's less of let's become workaholics and more of let's figure out how to make this world a better place as corny as that sounds black tech green money is a production of blavity afrotech it's produced by morgan debon and me will lucas with additional production support by Love Beach and Raven Earbore. Special thank you to Micah Davis and Sakara Savanyan. You know, like the wine. And yes, that's his real name. Learn more about my guests and other tech disruptors and innovators at Afrotech.com. Go get your money. Peace and love. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now.